0: Welcome to our Arnie's Birthday Zoom. And I think Bill Keller has been to Arnie's, I'm thinking, in his days over the years in Indianapolis or in Lafayette. Uh, but, uh, it, he is 76 years young today and, uh, uh happy birthday to you, Billy. And, uh, actually in the state of Indiana, I believe today though, is, is spent some time in Florida too, but Billy, you, you can't be 76 years old. We can, I'm sure you tell yourself that, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it beats the alternative as we always say, but happy birthday to you. And, uh, and I'm sure it's a special day. You've already been on the golf course, so that's a good thing.
1: Well, it is. And, uh, you know, being 76, it just seems like the years have just flown by. I don't know if you experienced that being a young fella as you. Oh, yeah. I'm
0: 13 years younger. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, these years have gone by. So I guess that makes me a little more experienced uh, because I'm older, but 76 is, you know, it is what it is. And you, you just move on, you keep moving and you keep having fun and being on the golf course is something I enjoy. I'm not really very good to be honest with you, but I do enjoy playing and I, I enjoy the the relationships that you establish on the golf course and how much fun you can have. And, and I don't take it too seriously. You know, I like to play well for me. And sometimes when I hit a good shot, I, I tell the guy, you know, Hey, that was probably my best shot for me. Yeah. You know, I played with some guys in the, in some of these other outings that uh, I, in fact, I asked the uh, one fellow that I rode with uh, d- during this au- autism uh, um, outing yeah. and he said, "Well, on on most days, he said I can hit it about three <laughs> fifteen, and I'm thinking three fifteen, it would it would take me five hits to go three fifteen, but uh, it's I'll tell you what, it, it's really fun, Alan. It's really fun for me to go out and watch players play the game of golf that are really good because yeah. it they make it look so easy. Yeah. I mean, they swing easy, they hit the ball easy, and it just goes." And uh, I always try to learn a little bit from from anybody that I play with that has that kind of experience and that that kind of knowledge and understanding of the game. You can always learn something if you're 76 years old or if you're, you know, 35, you can still learn something. And uh, I learned a little bit more today about about what I need to do to be a little bit better. But whether it happens or not, it doesn't really matter Uh, down in Florida. There's about 18 guys that, that play every week, and we just go out and we have fun. We enjoy the game, and and the scores really are not very important. But uh, what is important is the camaraderie and the and the fun that we have together. And so uh, today was one of those days where it was just fun, and uh, we had, had a lot of fun out on the golf course together.
0: Well, that's good on a birthday to be able to do that. And you were one of the great free-throw shooters, not only in the Big Ten and Purdue history – so I know you have that attention to detail of of, of doing what it takes to at least uh, be able to groove it a little bit, but uh, that that is for certain. Of course, Billy Keller, a Purdue Hall of Fame member uh probably on the list of the high at the high end of the list in the state of indiana of uh said uh, you just turned sideways okay there you go you're back yeah the um uh, of the favorite sons of this state just because everybody likes billy keller and there's a reason why that's because billy keller treats everybody well and always has Tell us about growing up. At, uh, you didn't. Now you didn't grow up in Indianapolis. You played. Did you grow up initially? I want to say uh, outside of the city, and then came in. I can't. I, I, I got to get my right. But what was your birthday traditions growing up, or what have they been as you continued uh, to run through life? Whether your kids or grandkids uh, or, or Joyce, what uh, what uh, did you have from that standpoint as a tradition?
1: Well, going back. Uh many, many years ago, I was actually born in Bloomington, Indiana.
0: That's what I thought. You were, you yeah, know.
1: I was born in Bloomington, and my, my family moved to the west side of Indianapolis when I was, oh, I don't know, seven months old or something like that. Not that I would remember any yeah. of that, but uh, I was born in Bloomington, and then I lived on the west side throughout my uh, high school years. And during the summer, mm-hmm. uh, I usually lived with my parents uh, on the West side in the house that I grew up in, yeah. uh, Purdue, Purdue got me a job with, uh, uh, Edward, what was it called? It was a construction company. Yeah. Oh, it was Baker forms construction company. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that was a great, great job for me. I enjoyed it. It was, it was hard work and, uh, I enjoyed that. We were outside all day doing things, uh, that, uh, really de- developed you, got you going. It was, uh, it was just a good job for me. And I, I really had fun with it, but, uh, you know, August the 30th has always been, always been a fun time for me. It's been family. Uh, it's, it's been, you know, whether, whether it be when I was in high school, it was doing something with family. If I was in college, it was still doing things with family, but that also included the Purdue family and all the basketball players. And you mentioned a, a couple of guys, you know, Herman Gilliam, Ralph Taylor. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Chuck Davis is no longer with us, but uh, Rick Mount, you know, had had a Purdue family too that you know I, c- I could reflect back on. And uh, now uh, it's kind of revolved that we're we're around meals. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, seem, it seems it seems like now the tr- tradition now is what are we going to have to eat? Yeah. <laughs> so that's always fun. But I think any time that you have a birthday, it it means good fun with with family members and friends. And I think that will continue probably, uh, you know, until I'm no longer on this earth.
0: Yeah. Well, Billy Keller also has many claims to fame. But, and I know Purdue fans lament that it's been 43 years since the Boilermakers have been to the Final Four, but the only person on this living earth that has been part of both Final Fours uh, in an official capacity, of course, a player, a standout player, is a senior year in 1969 when Purdue went to the final game against UCLA, then as an assistant coach when Purdue last was in the NCAA Final Four in in Indianapolis in 1980 in the days of Coach Lee Rose and Joe Barry Carroll. And, and uh, a and Brian Walker and Keith Edmondson and all those guys. So what does it feel like? I mean, you've done it twice. You thought, in we all thought in 1980, oh, they'll be back again soon. You never know. And, of course, we know how hard it is to get there. But what's that? You're the only guy that's ever done it twice. So uh, what's that like for you? Do I mean, you ever think about that?
1: You know, I don't think about it much. Uh, I, I think as a player, you know, you, you, you lead up to uh, th- the game. You get into the final four and you're going going through uh, all what George King had planned for us at the time. And you really don't think too much about it. You're just doing it. And I think as a coach, you're on the other side of the fence because you're involved in the planning of going out and participating in the final four. But it's an experience that, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, obviously we'd like to have won one of those uh, championships, but you know, having that opportunity uh, was, was great. And the, the, thing, the thing that's uh, so much fun as we look back and especially at 76 years old, you, you have all the memories. You have all these memories that are inside your mind that nobody can take away from you. And it's, it's something that sometimes it's hard to explain, but you've, you've been there. It was fun. Uh, it was intense. Uh, George King was very intense. Yeah. Lee Rose was very intense, very intense, and having the opportunity to be involved with both of those those coaches, that was an experience in itself. Um, Lee Rose was was really a great coach. I think Gene, uh, of course, Gene Katie was a great coach too. But George King was a good coach, good athletic director, and uh, so the experiences that I had at Purdue, I would have to say those those are probably some of the best memories. Uh, of my life, you know, being on campus, I was, I was a beta during my years at, at, at Purdue, uh, you know, not, not that I keep in touch with the beta house or whatever, but anytime we're talking fraternity to somebody, I always mention, yeah, I was a beta at Purdue. And so those were fun years. Also, my, my, my grandkids were up at Purdue on campus and took a picture of the beta house. Yeah. And that was at the time when um, we had a cold dorm. So yeah. you would sleep in the cold dorm. Everybody was in the cold dorm up on the top floor. And so I would point to to where my, where my bunk was. And it was right by the window. And every morning during the wintertime when it snowed, <laughs> those windows were open. And the snow was on the floor. And we had the pledges coming by and waking us up. <laughs> but again, those were those were fun times and they just seem so far away. But on the other hand, they're they're always in your mind. Yeah. So Purdue was really great for me. I love Purdue, uh the old black and gold, um, wonderful memories, and they'll stick with me for the rest of my life.
0: John Wooden, Bill Keller, Jerry Seasting. Right. Steel uh among the betas that I know of that were that were in that fraternity house. So that uh proud proud members is if my memory's right there, I think well I you know don't. let <laughs> me know.
1: interject here also. Um okay, I was a beta. Uh Steve Longfellow was oh, yeah. a beta. Sure. Uh Jerry Johnson was a was a beta. All Chuck Davis. Chuck Davis was a beta. Frank Kaufman was a beta. So at the time we had five betas on the basketball team. And uh, you know, that was that was fun in itself. When we would come home, you know, we'd reminisce a little bit about practice and laugh at each other at stupid things that we did on the floor as we were having a late plate at the beta house. But we had we had the 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 betas represented big time uh on the basketball team during during my years there.
0: Yeah, you think about Jerry Johnson and Frank Kaufman, obviously, with Chuck's injury and in the, uh, you know, had to play front and center in that game against uh, Lou Alcindor or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the national championship game. Uh, that's, that yeah, you can put an all-star team together with that group all together. But, all right, you talk about, uh, you know, you've obviously, you know, coached at a high level, Indiana Pacers legend, uh, kind of the Pied Piper, really, of basketball in the state of Indiana. What, like I said, you're on the short list of people that really – elevated the game through a lifetime of basketball matt painter is as good as it gets Uh, i don't think you can you know because most people don't argue that point too much about it in terms of a basketball coach and what he does to prepare his teams yet we talk about the fact that you know he's had three disappointments in a row in the ncaa tournament if you had a chance to talk to him what do you tell him going into this next year he's got a lot of great talent coming back but what do you what do you tell a guy like that uh as he heads into this year
1: well, you know, I think he just—I would probably just tell him to keep doing what you've been doing, and that, uh, as I mentioned before, I think in preparation, I, I think, I think once you get outside the Big Ten and you get into the tournament, you find a lot of quickness, you find a lot of, lot of athleticism, guys that can really get up and run and press and and play the game of basketball, and I think that's where. Purdue has struggled a bit and I think Matt is addressing that with with his recruits that are that are coming in uh, I would say continue with your demeanor I think he he coaches his kids uh, he has a respect for them they respect him and uh you know I like that um, he's a good person you know he recruits good kids and he's he's a good person on top of it himself so he's not asking his kids to do anything that he, wouldn't do himself um he he is uh you know he's really he's pretty polite i think also for the referees i'm not nearly as polite to the (laughs) referees when i'm at home watching yeah uh, and he's he's on the floor coaching but um you know i can't really tell him a lot more than than what he already knows i mean he's been he's been there for a long time he's been very successful as you mentioned uh, he's got about seventy percent of the the coaches out there that think that he probably should be in the Hall of Fame, which he will eventually be in the Hall of Fame because he's that that great of a coach. I like the fact that that when he recruits, you know, he he tells them, you know, we want you to graduate, we yeah. we want you to graduate and go on and be successful uh, outside of and after you get out of Purdue and again that's the kind of the coach that Purdue wants obviously they want success on the floor which I think Matt has given them and I do believe that now because they have more experience and they have a little more athleticism I do believe that this is going to be a good year I was glad to see um Edie come back uh you know he's he's I, I don't know exactly how the money goes but I've heard that uh you know you can make more money going back than you can a second round pick in the NBA. Yeah. But uh, I haven't met him. But I had a friend. This is really funny, Alan. I had a friend that sent me a picture of of Edie, and I think it was uh, one of the one of the guards. Uh,
0: What's your Lawyer or Braden Smith? Maybe I don't it know.
1: was it was Braden Smith. It was okay. Smith, and they were sitting side by side, and it said something the caption was, I want you to get a perspective of how big uh, Edie really is. And, you know, myself being pretty close to the same size as as uh, Smith is, uh, that was really quite amusing to see those two guys sitting together and recognize how big Edie really is. So I'm, I'm glad that he is back. Um, you know, he, he had a great year and I believe that this could be a year um for them to win it all
0: yeah he's he he is and we we've been talking i've been you and i talk try to talk a couple times a year during the basketball season and we did not last year and i kept thinking about you and watching braden smith i said this guy's the reincarnation of billy keller because though <laughs> billy keller's still alive and well only because he's a central indiana guy plays a little bit lot like you um I know the game is different, but it is fun to watch uh, uh, these guys improve. And Brad Smith loves basketball, like Billy Keller loved basket, loves basketball. That I, that part that much I know. Now I want to ask you because you play with two of the greatest uh, ever, uh, and uh, you're right there with them. But Herman Gilliam and Rick Mount. Uh you know, an interesting experience, certainly, because you had a guy in Rick Mount, nobody could shoot it like Rick did, nobody could put the points in like Rick did at Purdue. Herman Gilliam had to had to do a lot of things to to really make, you know, for you guys to mold from a team in 1967, 68, your junior year to a team that was a championship-level team in that senior year. And that that took some work to get that done and with all of you guys. All you guys had to, be, had to take your roles. Talk about that as your experience and as you blended that into your coaching experience um, and, and playing and coaching experience, what you learned from that.
1: Well, I think George King, first of all, was a master at um, communicating with his players. You know, he had to communicate, especially with Rick, and with Herman, because I think Herman probably could have done a lot more in the way of scoring, but George wanted him to be more of a defender, a rebounder, and also a score. And I think with, with, uh, with Herman, I think when he came in, I believe that Herman probably wanted to score more points, but he was willing to establish uh, the role that George King wanted him to play. Uh, Rick, obviously being the great shooter that he was, he was the guy that was going to shoot it. He was going to be the guy that got most of the, most of the shots, which I can sure understand because Rick was a great shooter. Um, we had other guys too around, uh, George Faber. Now George Faber was George Faber was not a shooter, but George was a guy that could get in people's way. He could set picks. And he was really that guy that could help Rick get himself open when he'd come off those
0: picks. Um,
1: who else did we have? We we had, yeah, had uh,
0: Chuck Mavis. You had Tyrone I, Bedford. You had, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean,
0: yeah. you had you had some you had some talent.
1: Tyrone Tyrone was a guy that probably going from one end to the other was the fastest human on a basketball floor. I think he wasn't necessarily a shooter, but he was a rebounder. He could get up and down on a fast break. You know, and so that was his role, defense, rebound. And, you know, if you got an opportunity to shoot the basketball, go into the bucket, then that's fine. You know, you you win games when players play their roles. And I think George was a master at at getting George and Rick to blend together. Uh, You know, uh, like I say, Herman probably could have done a little bit more offensively. But he was willing to sacrifice, and uh, you know when when you look at, you know Rick ha- had an opportunity to play professional basketball. Uh, Herman Gilliam played professional basketball. As a matter of fact, played on a championship team, I believe, with Portland.
0: Right. And
1: you know, I was fortunate. You know, the the thing with me is that uh, people would come out to see Rick Mount. Yeah people would come out to see Herman Gilliam and I do believe that I got discovered. Yeah. You know, I may not have gotten discovered had maybe them not coming out to watch Rick or Herman or, or just to watch our team. And so I felt very fortunate to play with, with Rick and Herman and and the guys that were, that we've mentioned uh, before. Um, I think from a standpoint of coaching, you learn things to do and things not to do Uh when you play for different people, um, you know, when you played for when I played for George King, there were certain things mm-hmm. that I really liked about him. I like the way that he uh, communicated with his players and got his players playing their roles. And if they played their roles, you had a better opportunity to win. Now, Bobby Leonard was on the other hand, was was pretty vocal was uh, a guy that that showed a lot of emotion on the floor and he didn't throw chairs, but he (laughs) threw ball racks (laughs) at at officials. So he was, he was one that sometimes you, you slick some really good, good things about his coaching. And there are some things because of his excitement and, and things that he did like throwing, throwing an entire ball rack at a, at a referee or kicking a ball in the stands out in Utah. (laughs) Uh, you know you learn those aren't things that you really want to do but you you always learn uh even even today you 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 sit and you watch people and you, you can learn and I think also it helps you to become a better spectator yeah because because you can see the things that are going on that you'd like like for players to do and and so the experience that I've had was just just amazing the the pro experience that I had was exciting but you know, when you when you when you look back at the experience that I had at Purdue, uh, there's just nothing like it, nothing yeah. like it. And we were very successful uh, with the Indiana Pacers winning those three titles in 70, 72 and 73. And we should have won it in uh, 71. Yeah. But but we didn't. Uh, but it, it is what it is. And again, great memories.
0: Yeah, the magic of uh, really developing, of course, before the NBA came, and yet uh, that in, I think Indiana Pacers is ingrained in, in, in Indiana fans from around the state because of you guys. And the, the guys like uh, uh, Billy Keller and Roger Brown and Mel Daniels and all those greats that uh, – uh, that uh, made it uh, made it extra special. All right, now you had a chance a few years ago. Uh, it's been a few years ago to represent uh, uh, the first team that played in Mackey Arena, and of course, Mackey Arena has been a special place since that first game. I mean, I think that's one reason why it's the way it is now. And people, us older folks remember that. But I think it set the tone, the Purdue-UCLA game on December the 2nd, 1967, a game you lost, but you had a chance to pull what would have been a great upset and had a chance to win that game. But it set the tone for what that building has been. And I think now... And that's why I hope you get up there for because I know you spend a lot of your fl- fl- summers or your winters in Florida, but you got to get back up here to, just to see the way it is now because it is it's great on TV, but it's something else in person. Uh, but uh, talk about that though, because even when you were back for the 50th, I think it was the 50th anniversary of the dedication game, uh, and you represented that team and spoke to the crowd, just the the, the importance of Purdue fans and the fact that this tradition here. Uh really carries pro- a program like Purdue's.
1: Well, I think I think uh, you don't find better fans than than Purdue University. Um, they're loyal. Um, there's there's very seldom a time when I go out to a ball game that I don't see somebody from Purdue that maybe recognizes me. And we talk a little bit about Purdue basketball. I may not know their name. They, they, they recognize me from, from the past. And it's always fun to talk to those people uh, because they're, they're the backbone, really, of, of what Purdue is all about. And uh, we had tremendous fans when I was there. There's tremendous fans there now. And as I said uh, when I addressed the, the crowd, um, it's, it's amazing how things are different, but yet things are always still the same. Yeah. In other words, there's always the coaching staff. There's always the players you have, you have the band, you have the student section, you have, you have the fans, you have the cheerleaders. It's, it's always different, different, maybe different people, but yet it's always, it always stays the same, which was really kind of fun for, for me, uh to, to watch that. And uh, uh, you know, I dated I dated a gal that was a was a cheerleader, and I know how hard she worked, and uh, I know how hard the team worked, and everybody around it. And and you can't just say that it's Purdue basketball team. It's Purdue basketball family. It's 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 all of those people that are involved. The students play an important role. The, the fans. Uh, the Purdue fans play a, a certain role, the, the the spirit team, a certain role. And so we're all in it together. That's why we call it the Purdue family. And you're in the Purdue family when you start and you're in the Purdue family for the rest of your life. That's why I think it's fun for me when somebody comes up and says, hey, I went to Purdue or I remember watching you play at Purdue. Uh, that really is thrilling for me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you uh, provided a lot of uh, great memories, not only in your days, in, of course, a state champion, also with the great Ralph Taylor at the Indianapolis, Washington, but then coming to Purdue and what Mr. Basketball, still love that picture of you, Rick Mountain, Denny Brady, one of my favorite pictures that I think Orlando Aiton's going to try to Get every. I think he's working on Denny to get that signature, that last signature. Uh, <laughs> but I think he got Rick's not too long ago, so that uh, that pride possession too of uh, three Indiana Mr. Basketballs, and of course uh, Purdue's got a couple of them, uh, uh, or I've had a couple of them recently. Of course, Braden Smith being one as well. But uh, a lot of fun from that standpoint. I hope I, I, I appreciate you spending a good chunk of time on your birthday with us. Uh, uh, I think everybody, when they think of Billy Keller, they smile and we look forward to having you, uh, I look forward to our next uh, off the off the off the records fun uh, basketball conversation because I always learn something when I talk to you. But also, we look forward to seeing you. Uh, uh, we know you'll be watching the Boilermakers this year as they open up their uh, basketball. So yeah, I bet you're going to be watching Purdue football this weekend too, as Purdue opens up the season against Fresno State. But uh, uh, we appreciate your time so much, and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Well, I sure, appreciate it, and it's always fun to to talk with you, whether we're we're on air or if we're yeah. off off air. Hey, we all, don't we don't get fun. it. We're
0: not our, we're not off color at all. We used to have fun. No. And we pretty much keep this conversation going the same way, and uh, it's just <laughs> so interesting. There's so many personalities that you and I have both uh, paths have crossed over the years, which is that's when you get older. That's kind of that's what you got, you know. You got to have yeah. friends and relationships, and that part is great. So I want to thank Arnie's. Uh, like I said, we appreciate them and all they do for us. And I know Billy, we've had some reunions over at basketball reunions with Randy Shields and others at Arnie's and, uh, I'm sure he's going to try to put something together again this year, uh, for some of the older gang of Purdue basketball, but uh, we appreciate them as well. So Bill, have a great rest of your day and we'll do this again soon.
1: Okay. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate it.